impact the area again tonight and again throughout the day tomorrow. Spotty activity tonight in the first part of Tuesday. They're more likely we'll get under additional rounds of thunderstorms or showers with possibly heavy rains Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday night. Overnight, early morning lows, 70s. Tomorrow's Tomorrow's highs go to lower to mid-80s. More rains Wednesday, the last of it on Thursday, and improving weather Friday into the weekend. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. The 41st Annual Harrison County Gem Mineral Fossil and Jewelry Show featuring jewelry, rocks, gems, beads, fossils, minerals, displays, demonstrations, come and stump the experts, exhibits, hourly door prices. Saturday, May 15th, 9 to 5. Sunday, May 16th, 9 to 4. $5 for adults, kids, 10 and under. Get in free. Joppa Shrine Temple, Triders Boulevard, Biloxi. I-10 will market exit number 41 North, GulfportGems.org. Food show. I'm not Tom Fitzmorris. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Tom visits with us now and again. He's been doing this for 33 years. He's entitled to take it easy a little bit. So we may or may not hear from Tom, but today is a, well, you know what? It's a better day than it was. It started off really, really nasty. Henry, is it pouring over there still? Because we have some sunshine over here now. I do not think it is pouring over here, but it's definitely still misty. Overcast oh, and misty. Okay. Where is that? Okay, it's uh, it's sunny now over here. It's um, as of about two hours ago. It kind of all of a sudden turned. I went to the store this morning. What <laughs> a really unfortunate time to do that. I left the house and it was drizzling, and then I headed into absolute torrential rain so much so that i i parked under an overhang and just ran into the store really quickly but it has gotten better thank heaven and i hope we're seeing the end of that soon five five six nine six nine six is the number we are going to talk some food now because that's what we do i uh let's see what did we do yesterday we went to um we were going to go to our usual Coretta, but, but Tom talked me out of that. Oh, so we wound up going to Five Girls, which is not appreciably better in terms of not information. Yeah. Not in terms of information, because, you know, we've been to every place over here so many times. Uh, but, you know, it was different, I guess, a little bit <laughs> anyway. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to report in terms of... Uh, food because it's pouring outside and we're just not going very far but there's lots of things to talk about anyway and I would love to do that with you so today uh, on this day in 1949 the kingdom of Siam renamed itself Thailand Thai people are rightly proud of two things they were never dominated by another country and their food is uniquely delicious you know um I am not, a, I know this won't surprise anyone, but I don't do a lot of Thai food. I don't know why. Um, 
But I know that my daughter is really into Thai food, the spicier the better, and Tom likes Thai food. And there is, for some reason, an astonishing number of Thai restaurants on the North Shore, which I guess should have signaled that the North Shore palate was more sophisticated than I had given it credit for. I always marvel at the success of habanero over here because habanero is an upscale you know, if, if La Coretta is a seven in authenticity, well, it's not, it's really not even that. It's like a, a six in authenticity. It's good. We love La Coretta, but it's not exactly what you'd call something you'd see on the streets of Mexico City. So if, if that's a six, then I would say that Habanero is at least an eight. And I was always surprised at the really rather quick proliferation of habaneros on the North Shore. They also have one in Shreveport, oddly enough, and I don't even know why that is. Probably because someone in the family is up there because the habanero group started out at La Coretta and they're all sort of related in some way. So I'm guessing that somebody maybe moved up there, but there's a Habaneros in Treeport and I believe four other locations. So I had really sort of maybe insulted my fellow um, North Shorinians, as my son likes to call us, and thinking that the palate was not enough to support something like Habanero, but that's totally incorrect because Thai food is much more exotic than that. And Thai food has proliferated on the North Shore to where there are quite a number of Thai restaurants. So um, so it is, it's really, it, you know, it, obviously we do like some rather exotic food here. 5569696, if you like Thai food and have a favorite Thai restaurant, tell us about it. I know that I first came into awareness of Thai food when Tom used to talk about it's not Mama Thai that's the last place that they had it's not La Thai that's the second to last place that they had but um I I don't know the name of it it's um it was on Metairie Road in a space that was, uh, that is now, I think it's got like a French flag sign. It's like maybe by Oaklawn on Metairie Road. But it was the first real awareness of Thai food was uh, the Chauvin's, Mama Chauvin. And it was, it's not Thai Cajun, Asian Cajun? No, I don't know. Um, anyway, whoever, I was not, like I said, I was not really all that into Thai food. This was only by, you know, hearing about it secondhand from Tom. But the Chauvins, I think, are the ones who initiated the Thai food emergence in the city. And the success of the Chauvins brought on a lot more Thai food. And there is a lot of Thai food I wouldn't even say all that much Thai food on the South Shore, but there's an awful lot of Thai food on the North Shore. For my own interests, I would say that I would prefer Vietnamese food. And there's a lot more, I think, Vietnamese food on the South Shore 
So maybe there's more of a Vietnamese population on the South Shore and more of a Thai population on the North Shore. I don't know, but it seems like there's a lot of Thai restaurants up here. We used to really enjoy the Thai spice and the Thai spice across the street in Covington at Three Rivers Road, um, where, uh, I'm trying to, Ricky was his name. I don't, I don't. I don't want to go into the demise of that restaurant, but um, it was it was always unusual and um, sort of um, quirky fun to go to Thai Spice and hear Ricky talk about his sister across the street who had another Thai restaurant. But the Thai proliferation on the North Shore is um, is certainly worthy of some food talk, but. I can't really do that myself because I don't do Thai food, but people who do really do and could probably enlighten us all about the Thai food community on the North Shore. Tom could do that, but Tom can't do that. Today is National Thai Food Day. It is clearly Asian, cut into bite-sized morsels, dominated by vegetables with smaller amounts of protein. Its sauces make Thai food distinctive. They're made with lots of fresh upfront herbs like cilantro, lemongrass, and galangal, a relative of ginger. Thai cooking includes many varieties of curry, none of which are much like Indian curry. The standard varieties are red curry, green curry, usually blended with coconut milk, masaman curry, which is mild and sweet with raisins and nuts, and panang curry, which tends to the yellow side and makes the mildest statement. The curries are juicy stews, but there are lots of other dishes, lots other kinds of dishes. Probably the most famous is pad thai, combination of rice noodles, chicken, shrimp, peanuts, bean shoots, carrots, and hot red pepper with a bit of chicken stock. This is a dish about which we can truly say we've never had a bad version. It tastes better and better as you eat it until getting up to the last little bits, you're hungry for more, no matter how well, how much there was to begin with. Thai cuisine goes well beyond those major dishes to include some great soups, spring rolls with peanut-based dipping sauces, fried rice with pineapple, and many more specialties. One advisory you find on almost every Thai menu is that they'll cook it to any degree of hotness. The choices are usually mild, hot, extra hot, and Thai hot, the latter being on the delic delicious threshold of pain. Henry, why do I think you're a Thai food person? You'd be correct. I love Thai food. Okay. Where are some of your favorite Thai food places over there? Uh, there's a very good Thai food place near me. Um, there's Lily's Uptown, uh, which I think is kind of Vietnamese and Thai. There is, um, uh, oh, goodness. I, is I'm basil blanking. Thai still there? I think so, thai? although I haven't been to basil Thai. Um, okay, what's the one that's across from um, Babylon Cafe? Is it Babylon? No, it's not Babylon. What's the one on the corner of Carrollton and... The Gourmet Information that's the one I'm trying to think By of. By Boucherie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, it all came up that time of year. Uh, yeah. Back in the late... Uh, yeah. You love Thai food. I know. Oh, is yeah. it the Thai Mint, I think? Thai Mint is on Ferret, isn't it? 
I want to say that it is on Ferret across from Dat Dog, but I could be wrong. I mean, is there a lot of Thai food over there? Because like I say, you know, I don't, I don't live over there. I don't look for Thai food, but occasionally I'll see a Thai food place. It seems to me there's probably more Vietnamese places over there than Thai places. There's a couple Thai places. Yeah, the Thai Mint is the one on uh, Carrollton there, right across, okay. right near Boucherie. And that's the one I go to the most often. They have a very good... Uh, Penang curry, I think it's called. Delicious. Yes, really love their curry. curry. Yes, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I know you like curries. That's why I figured you probably liked this. How is Indian curry different from Thai curry? I think it tends to be a little uh, bit more cream-based. that you find there are uh, really different. You're very likely to do a, a very hot dish on right next to a very barsh and really tough, hot, 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 uh, that kind of thing. And the two come together... And neither of them really contradicts the other one at all. Mm -hmm. And so the cuisines that come together as a result of that, uh, you get this total uh, new sound and great. It's my favorite kind of um, Asian eating. You like, it is it really? Is Thai yeah, food your favorite? Thai and, really? Uh, yeah. Really? Candy, I always thought was terrific. Uh-huh. Okay, so then the Chauvin's, um, La Thai. That was on um, on uh, Britannia for a while at Robert. Yep. What was their first restaurant? Their very first restaurant. In uh, the Chauvins, Diana Chauvin oh, and yeah. Merlin Chauvin, and the dad was not in the restaurant. I don't think she just had the restaurant. So the mom, the dad was from here, and. Maybe maybe it was La Thai. What was the name of that place? Henry, do you know what I'm talking about, too? These are, I don't think this so. This is like no. before your time. These people really sort of brought Thai food into the consciousness of New Orleanians mm. back in, I want to say, the 80s, maybe. Yeah, well, there you go. I yeah. Think at the very least, Mama you're Chauvin. Going to the right place. And, and I'm not sure if Mama Thai is, if that's related to them. I, I, I hear that yes it is and then I hear that no it isn't. But um but Mama Thai is is or Mama Chauvin is the one who started the whole Thai thing. Unless my information, which is secondhand, is incorrect. But like I say, I, yeah. I've not this is not something that has always, you know, attracted me. So it's just sort of hearsay from Tom. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you would help would like to help us piece together the Thai world in new orleans we would love to do that with you five five six nine six nine six we'll be right back have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The Steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 
985-845-9940. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs, with a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. You make me feel so young. Yes, indeed. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, here I am, Marianne Fitzmorris, sitting in the Tom Fitzmorris chair here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. The deaf dining rule today, number 881, is if you've never had a dish made Thai hot, tonight is not the night to try it. Order your curry extra hot and see if that doesn't do it for you. The guy that our daughter almost married in 2016, they used to, he also really liked Thai food a lot. And the two of them would go eat Thai food and sort of have a challenge on who would order it hotter. And there was one particular dinner where they both just sat there sweating. How hot do you like your Thai food, Henry? Oh, I love to sweat. I love extremely hot Thai food. So you really do the hot. You really, really do the hot. I don't, uh, myself, I don't understand um, pain when eating, if something is on the threshold of pain, it ceases to be all that pleasurable to me, But um, may, which is maybe why I don't indulge much in Thai mm-hmm. food. But um, I know that there are lots and lots of people who really do get into it. So uh, good. Enjoy it's good. it. <laughs> it's, it's strange. I can't defend it. I, I will say it's strange to enjoy something so hot that you sweat. But I got to say, I really do. I love I love it as, as long as it's not... Uh, you know, as long as the flavor is still the main focus. You don't want anything that is just hot for hot's sake. Okay, see, I agree with that. Because I think at a certain point, your mind is much more focused on the pain mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the heat than it actually is on the flavor. And I don't understand that. And I know that that's really a thing for a lot of people. They really like it. This guy that came on the show once years ago, his name was Denver Nix, and I have a book for anyone that wants it, uh, and it's um, it's a, a you know like a maybe a hundred fifty page book about uh, chilies and heat and and all of that and how it how it affects your body, and um, he was trying to explain the pleasure pain threshold, and that there really is something chemically desirable about that to the human body but not not to me so much but anyway um there's a lot of people who really 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 get into that 
The edible dictionary word today is brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Today's edible dictionary word is masaman. I love that word. I don't probably eat it all that much, although I do eat it sometimes, but I do like the word masaman, one of the many varieties of Thai curry. Masaman curry includes a greater component of aromatic spices often thought of as going with sweet sauces, cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg. Its flavor profile can have a touch of sweetness and sometimes even raisins. The name comes from either Muslim man or Muslim, a clear reference to Middle Eastern influences. Although it can be served with a hot, with hot red peppers, it's much more often made on the milder side. I uh, think that maybe I need to go back and try some of this stuff that we're talking about just out of curiosity. Do you, do you get a lot of raisins when you eat Thai food, Henry? I, I have not had many raisins in Thai food. No, I'm trying to think, but that is unusual, I have to say. Well, raisins are a big thing. Raisins mm -hmm. and um, there's another dried fruit that is very common in Middle Eastern cooking. And um, you see it, it's, it's like a lot in rice dishes. And I don't, I don't know, I don't really get into the raisin thing. Although I did have that Iranian dish once so I thought was really, really delicious and it had the dried fruits in it. But um, I don't, as, as a general rule, I wouldn't necessarily seek out something that has um, raisins in it, generally speaking. 5569696 is the number. The Old Kitchen Sage says the combination of Thai curry paste, any color Thai curry paste, and coconut milk is so appealing that you can use it for a vast range of dishes, anything involving seafood or chicken, for example. Take a leap of faith on this. You also like coconut milk, I believe you told me at one time. Hi, Henry. Uh, yeah. Oops, sorry. Yes, love coconut. Now, I, I would imagine that the coconut milk in Thai food is there as a spice mitigator because it does do that. It's, it's, like a, it's almost like a soup base in a way, you know, like a cream... The cream in Indian curry is, is, is the equivalent to the coconut milk in the Thai curry. And it kind of gives that, yeah, those spices something to cling on to. Some fatty, I guess, the mm -hmm. fat uh, kind mm -hmm. of gives it some stuff to cling on to and actually make it a, you know, a whole and uh, all mixed together and emulsified and all that. And you don't have that grainy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, uh, I don't really imagine that there's a lot of fat in coconut milk because the fat in milk comes from the animal fat mm -hmm. and coconut is, you know, is a plant. So I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of fat, but I don't know, maybe something about the, and it's not really dairy because, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't follow the dairy profile, no. but I would just imagine that whatever properties it is in, or the properties there are in milk, that aren't animal based, just the creaminess of it would, I guess, 
help with the spice level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is a very common thing in Thai food. Is it? It's not in everything, though, is it? Is is coconut milk in all the dishes in Thai food? No, I think uh, it depends. I think sometimes you'll get a seafood base or like more of a you know a um, like a soup base, like a broth sometimes. But I I am not super familiar with Thai food. I I'm only familiar with uh, what is around my local area. I mean, I've eaten a lot of it, but yeah, I, I've never really div- dove into authentic Thai food. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know the difference in authentic Thai food and what we have here, but I think that, like, I know that the Chauvins did a really good job with their Thai food, and mm-hmm. that was, well, I mean, authentic in an Americanized way. And also they had a... The the combination of the Thai food and the husband who was a local guy, there was a fusion aspect to that. And I think that's what separated and set apart that particular brand of Thai food. And I wish that someone would call and tell me the name of their restaurant on Metairie Road. I don't think that's their original restaurant i think there was an original restaurant maybe somewhere in Mm mid-city and then they moved to metairie road but um they ended up on pretania with latai and then of course closed and then that became costera but um i don't know i'm I'm looking for the answer to the following questions the chauvans and their thai empire where did it start? What was the name of the restaurant on Metairie Road? And do you know for certain if Mama Thai out there in Bucktown next to New Orleans Food and Spirits is Mama Thai Chauvin or if that is now Diana Chauvin? 5569696 is the number if you would like to talk to me, Marianne Fitzmorris. I could use your help today. It is 2.30 in time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back for more after this. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. New Orleans lawmaker Troy Carter is now officially Congressman Carter. Carter was sworn in this afternoon in D.C. by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Congratulations. You are now a member of the 170th Carter won a runoff election in the state's second congressional district last month to replace Cedric Richmond, who took a job with the Biden administration. Governor John Bell Edwards was also in attendance for the ceremony. Gas prices will most likely continue to increase nationwide after a cyber attack shut down the Colonial Pipeline, one of the nation's largest fuel veins. AAA fuel analyst Don Redmond says the average cost of a gallon of gas in Louisiana sits at $2.66, but Redmond says nationally that number is just under $3 and is expected to rise quickly. It's a price we haven't seen since November 2014. This is the highest national average we've had since, uh, since 2014. The price is up a dollar and six cents from this time last year when future prices on a barrel of oil dropped below zero. LRN. It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a layback Sunday afternoon you wish would never. Homemade taste of bluebell and good friends gathered round. The good old days are being made right now. It's a tailgate party on game day. It's a welcome to the neighborhood. It's another anniversary of the start of something good. It's sharing bluebell ice cream as the evening sun goes down. 
the good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated, and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six. Mike is on the line, and I hope he has the answers to all these questions. Hello. Hello. Like Paul Harvey used to say, for the rest of the story. The, re- the Good, rest of the please. story. Um, all right. Diana's mother. I think her original restaurant was actually on the West Bank. I think her oh, name is Pani, but. I was not aware of the restaurant on the West Bank other than in a historical context. The restaurant I knew about, uh, the, the one that I, that I think most people know her for, is it was in the building at Tulane and Carrollton where the original rock and bowl was. It was called the Bangkok Cuisine. Ah, thank you. Okay, okay. I think All that's right. the restaurant the family started Was it Bangkok with. Cuisine or Bangkok Thai? No, I'm pretty sure it was Bangkok Cuisine. Bangkok Cuisine, okay. Okay. And like I said, I think Diana's mother's name was Pani, and I think they opened that when she was married to Diana and Merlin's father. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tom moved on, and I don't know what the ultimate fate of that restaurant was, but I do know that the restaurant you were referring to, which was the old gas station on Metairie Road, that was, in fact, called Latai Cuisine. Oh, it was Latai. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I know that La was for L.A. because he was from here. And then right. Thai was the blending of the two of them. And it was a, what made it unique was it was it had the fusion of both of those cultures, right? Yeah, I mean, that was the idea behind it. I think it was much more Thai than it was the other. Uh, mm-hmm. I never made it to the uptown location. Uh, you know, I had gone to the Metairie Road location, you know, quite a few times mm-hmm. over the years. I don't remember the exact like circumstances of why they moved. And uh, I, the only criticism I ever had of, of the food at Latai Cuisine is a lot of them had sweet, sticky sauces on them. Mm-hmm. And that is an absolute wine killer. So ah, okay. it was better just to drink beer than to try. You know, back then we used to drink wine everywhere we went. So, you know. mm-hmm. okay. But anyway, you don't still do that? Knowledge, the restaurant in Bucktown now. <laughs> Is still, or at least was reopened, opened by Diana's mother. Oh, really? So, yeah, I haven't. Because I know she was called Mama Ty. That was her nickname, Mama Ty. 
Yeah, I got there when it first opened, which was going back a couple of years ago, and I haven't been since, so I have no idea what may have happened in the interim. But yeah, mm-hmm. she uh, she did open that place initially. Well, and you know, Diana. Year, Diana's got a couple of kids now, and she's you know right. she's not in the business right now. Best I know, you know. Well, now see, I was going to say something else. I was going to say that Diana, she married, I think a a reporter or a weathercaster from WWL or or something, right, and right. um, and then she got out of the business, which may be why. Latai on Britannia closed. I don't know the real reason or the actual anything, but I know that in that period toward the end of that restaurant, that was when she was getting married and moving on with her own personal life. But I also thought I heard that she is back doing the restaurant or helping with the restaurant. Because she could you're, be the next you're generation you're of, referring to the of one Mama Town. Yeah, uh-huh, that's what well, I heard. Like I, she... like I said, that's very possible in the interim since I've been there. I yeah. have no idea. I mean, you know how demanding that business is, and to have little kids, you know, newborns oh, yeah, yeah. and toddlers. Absolutely. Be, uh, she probably yeah. just needed the time to get her get herself together, you know. Yeah. Uh, how did you went... find the Mama Tai in Bucktown? Did you find it up to the standards of the what you had remembered? Uh, I think it was way too new. Okay. And I didn't see a lot of similarities between it and Latai, to be perfectly honest with you. They had okay. that tycoon dish on it, that duck dish, that uh-huh. sort of like their signature dish, tycoon, I think they call it. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it was, it was okay. You know, I had uh-huh. never had it at the other place, so I really didn't have a, a point of comparison. Uh-huh. But I, I, my, my take on my early experience there was they had a lot of kinks to work out. Okay. But, but now, if they've been there for two or three years, so obviously they're doing something right. You know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. So did you go to Coquette last night? No, not yet. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. you know, the, the thing that I was going to reference is really no longer applicable because the partners, Michael, and I don't know how to say his last name, Stolfus, uh, was partnered with Kristen, and I don't remember her last name, but... She then. I think, she, I think she's in Washington D.C. now, isn't she? Well, I was about to say she, she was from Florida, and then they were together, and then she opened Talia, and now Talia's closed during COVID. So, and, uh-huh. and so you said she's moved out of town. I mean, I, I she's obviously not affiliated with Coquette anymore. So I guess she sold her interest in Coquette, did Talia, and now has moved on. Yeah, I may be incorrect about that, but I had heard somewhere in the past that she had opened up a place in D.C. I see. Okay. Yeah, not 100% sure of that, though. Okay. But, uh, that I, know this guy, I know this guy is supposed to be a really good chef, so I'm really looking forward to going. And, you know, it's a small menu, but if it's a well-done menu, that's what really matters. Yes, it was always a small menu. It's always a cool place, and um, and it's uh, something that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. I would imagine. I'll give you. I'll give you a report. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Boy, it's a good thing we don't have a um, a Facebook video portion of this show. <laughs> That's all I can say. Right now, I'm trying to keep Tom from stepping on the dog. Who's, who's very large and terrified. Um, 
On this day in 1854, Atmar Mergenthaler was born. He invented the linotype machine, which set letters in solid lead slugs a line at a time, mechanically by an operator using a keyboard. That replaced the hand-picking of letters one at a time that characterized most printing of the time. The first newspapers that Tom worked for in the late 60s and early 70s still used linotype machines, but the technology was near the end of its road. One of the last users of linotype was a printer in Texas that specialized in restaurant menus. Restaurant menus have changed so much over the years. I think that the way restaurant menus have been modified since COVID is probably going to remain the case. It's rare when we go to a restaurant and see a menu printed in some sort of container, you know, with a plastic face on it. All the menus that we see now are just printed for the day and then they're picked up and thrown away, which is a grotesque waste of paper. But I think that it may just be the, the way it's going to be from now on. And uh, I remember we have an enormous stash here of restaurant menus going back to the beginning of Tom's career and actually before then because people would send him menus from places that he had never been that predated his birth even. But um, they're all interesting, they're all different, and they're all much more elaborate than they are now. These one-day printed menus that we see everywhere are really just the menu. They have very little special character to them. And uh, it might be fun, and I may do this, to go through that restaurant drawer and pick out some old menus and talk about the dishes and the places that they represent because Restaurant menus are kind of part of the whole package that's presented to you at a restaurant. And I think it's, it's uh, kind of charming in a way, depending on the menu, of course, but some are better than others for sure. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk with me, I would love to talk to you. We will be talking to Gunter Preuss again at three o'clock. And if you've not heard all that you want to know about sous vide and more, I asked Gunter to come on the show and talk about the chemical, chemical reaction of sous videing a quote protein. And um, as I've said before, I'm not a fan of sous vide, but I think as I think about it more and more, I think it's that I don't care for the way beef reacts to a sous vide process. But everything gets sous vide, and I've not noticed it in any other protein. And a lot of them I really love. So I think I started thinking that maybe the process of sous videing. I don't know if that is, is even a proper verb, but the using a sous vide on protein is an individual thing and it reacts differently, which makes sense, of course. It reacts differently depending on the protein that's in it. So um, 
I asked him to come on and, and explain that a little bit to us, and he is happy to do that. So Gunter will be on at 3 o'clock. Ask Michael75 if he can hold on. I don't want to cut him off when we have a break coming up. So let's just do the break first, and we'll come back to Michael75. 5569696 if you want to talk to me. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. The Anchor in Madisonville has opened for the season with food to match the spectacular setting along the beautiful Shafunkta River. The smoker is turning out a variety of smoked meats for barbecue family packs. The expanded menu includes sandwiches, salads, and poor boys, but also a crawfish boil, seafood plates, and a lot of great appetizers. Bring the family to the anchor at the Chifuncta River in Madisonville. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. I want to mention that Basil's Ace Hardware is also your boiling headquarters. Not only your grilling headquarters, but your boiling headquarters. They have the rocket pot, the washers, the boilers, the cool down, uh, the, this pot that cools things down after you've boiled. They have the rocket pot and burners. So go on over there and see what they have in the line of crawfish boiling as we continue crawfish boiling madness. That's what we get into every spring here, and why not? Because it's really good. Let's go to Michael75. Hello? Hey, uh, first of all, I hate to say that I'm in agreement with you. I love Vietnamese food, especially pho. And um, uh, summer rolls. Oh, and, I agree, I, Michael. I, I, this is we've got to stop this now. We're agreeing way too uh, much. Yeah, I, and I and I also love pad thai. But uh, and I'm thinking of uh, of being as I'm thinking of doing something of being inspired by your show of opening a, a Thai restaurant here in Kenner, and uh, in, in honor of Henry uh, and any Seinfeldians in in the audience. Because uh, Henry likes his chicken spicy. And um, I'm going to have a special menu on mine. It's called the Massacus menu. For those people who think that uh, uh, Thai hot is a little bit light on the spices. <laughs> I don't understand it, but, you know, a lot of people really dig it. <laughs> right. They I really don't... do. Yeah. Anyway, sometimes yeah. some uh, great discoveries are made by mistake. I have wood floors yes, in my are. wooden. Floor. I have wooden floors in my home, and they get scuffed up a lot. So the other day, by mistake, I dropped a a, a, um, a cup of coffee on, uh, and it, it went on some of the uh, stains. And so I wiped it up, and the stain came up immediately. <laughs> wait a second! Wait, 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 wait! You dropped coffee on your wood floor, and it removed stains. Removed, yeah, the scuff marks from shoes and everything. Oh, scuff marks, okay. Okay. Try that. Okay. Okay. All right, I will. I definitely will. You're just a wealth of information. Well, hopefully. You're, you're, uh, 
but you've uh, got the deals in town, and now you're telling us. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yesterday, you accused me of being a penny pitcher and, uh, and cut me off when I was about to defend myself. I was, no, I, I was didn't. Gonna... I didn't mean to cut you off. I did, you didn't hear me <laughs> I say. I, I, I hope Michael doesn't think I cut him off. I'm sorry. No, I, I, you cut me off. That's a fact. Whether you meant to or not is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> it was Freudian. Actually, I shifted my body and disconnected something. Yeah, I heard And I, I heard felt, that. I felt uh, terrible about I, it. I wanted to see your explanation because you're a good lawyer. You could, uh, you get, you get all those murderers off. So, but anyway, uh, I was about to say, I'm, uh, my wife uh, doesn't like to spend a lot of money. But when we're in Paris, once in a while we'll go to a great restaurant. She'll just get the cheese plate for like ten dollars, and I'll get the hundred dollar meal. And uh, but anyway, I believe that sometimes uh, living like a king, and and I'm trying to live like a king all the time and pay like paying a like a king. But, but to quote, <laughs> but, uh, paying like a problem. But sometimes I'll pay like a king. But uh, uh, I want to quote uh, a guy named uh, Paul Saul of Tarsus. Actually, was his real name. He changed it to Saint Paul. Uh-huh. And in, in yeah. Philippians, in Philippians four twelve, he said. I know how to be abased and to abound. That means he knew how to get down and in, 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 in grovel uh, in the gutters, and he knew how to live with the kings. There so that's what I'm, I'm trying to do that. By the way, the shoe fly pie, I love, uh, we were we were in intercourse, and uh, before uh, anybody thinks badly of that statement. <laughs> I, I, it I, is I, a real place, yes. I want to defend that. It's intercourse, <laughs> Pennsylvania, the, uh-huh. the home of the Amish. Which is kind of interesting, isn't it? That that they would live in a place called intercourse. That's that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, actually, intercourse meant something different during that time. Uh, just meant uh, uh, you know relations with. Well, it probably people. meant uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So go ahead. Ordinary relations uh, that you have with people, uh, yeah. and. Uh, so we had the shoe fly pie. There wasn't anything uh, amazing. It's yeah. But, it's uh, sticky it, and and just kind of just all about sugary stickness, stickiness. Yeah, you say? a little too even sweet. Yeah. I like sweet. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. you were also talking about, uh, you quoted somebody about pate de foie gras. That does not come close to a, uh, a raw foie gras seared on both sides with uh, some cane syrup and some grapes. That is one of the great foods in the world. You were claiming that people just ate it because they thought it was it made them uh, be elevated in society. I eat it if I was on a desert island. I wasn't claiming that. I was just quoting something from Tom's Almanac. You're going to oh, okay. be shocked by this, but I actually don't mind foie gras at all. I mean, I would eat foie gras if I could bring myself to eat foie gras because I, I don't like the way it's processed. It's kind of like veal. Yeah, well, yeah you know? you're right. They, uh, but the they, flavor they, of it is actually very good. Go ahead, what? Right. They have the, uh, the geese in France, uh, mm-hmm. and, I don't, and then they have the, um, uh, what, is, what do they call it? It's uh, Northern uh, New York uh, processed uh, uh, duck, actually, from here. Wait, what's it called? It's, it's, got a, it's a certain area. It's a certain area in New York, right, yes. right. And uh, that's great, too. I don't think they use the same process here, but maybe they do. Uh, I'm not sure. And the last thing you were talking about, fish uh, at McDonald's and everything. Uh, we were uh, staying at um, the golf course at St. Andrews, Scotland. And we went that night. Uh, I was there actually on a legal trip, uh, and I had a case over there taking some depositions. 
and uh, we we went to the restaurant uh, in in the hotel at uh, at St. Andrews, and my my uh, attorney uh, partner uh, was kind of aghast when they served us the fish. It had the whole body and the eyes on it. I said, "That's the way you're supposed to serve it." Where you been living in Louisiana? <laughs> well, you know, I I have to say I don't like thinking that I like to disconnect intellectually and emotionally from anything sitting on a plate in front of me. So yeah, I don't really want to see fish eyes. So don't ever think about how they slaughter those poor little cows and everything when you eat them hamburgers. I I don't. I don't think that. I remember our daughter, we were traveling out west. Our daughter has always been a tremendous carnivore. And beef was her thing. And I remember when she, I don't even remember how old she was, but she's always been really astute for her age. And we were on a trip out west and we were traveling on a highway next to a truck full of cows. And she looked at the cows and I could see in her face that she had made the connection of Ooh. why those cows were on the road and it was just like this really sad look like wow oh no you know and uh and I thought okay well I'm not going to explain that but yes she had definitely connected the dots at that point even though I, I sometimes have horrors of uh the way uh, chickens are processed etc I still love yes. Popeyes. I won't go vegan. Well, I'll tell you this. I uh, Any opportunity that I have, uh, I just got a text, Hudson Valley foie gras. Thank you very that's much. It. That's it. Uh, that's who it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I don't – once I made the connection and any opportunity that I have – to buy, no matter how much more it is, humanely treated things. Like, you know, once I realized that you could get eggs that weren't, you know, chickens stuffed into cages and producing eggs, I started buying those. And then when I read about cage-free eggs not actually being cage-free, that right. they're cage-free for whatever small amount of time the government allows them to be free of a cage and still be called cage free then i realized okay well i have to pay even more for eggs and get free range eggs so right. i always buy free range eggs now so you yeah, can buy correct. white eggs for 99 cents a dozen or you can buy a five dollar thing of eggs and why not you know yeah, so, um, also the, free range chickens and grass fed beef. So yeah, you can do that. You can make it better, you know, but, um, you know, right. it's a head trip. Well, it's egg, all a head trip. The, egg, the eggs in Europe, the yolks are real dark. I know. Dark I know. And I, love I don't those. eat I don't them. I can't eat not. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm because they're supposed to be. I met a guy at Home Depot once, an old, older man, and he told me he uh, he raises uh, uh, chickens uh, on St. Charles Avenue in his mansion. I said, uh, uh, the, the code allows you? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, oh, I've been in, in before the coach started. So he says, all my oh. eggs are orange, the dark orange. And I, he invited me over there and never went. But anyway, uh, uh-huh. uh, when I open my, uh, my pie restaurant, I'm going to invite Mary Lee and Henry because I think Mary Lee likes her chicken spicy food to the uh, masochist <laughs> menu. Does okay? like, she, does, she does like her spicy stuff. You know, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to get some eggs from my neighbor who has a chicken. Um, now, hers are in a cage, but it's a very large cage, and then she lets them out for a period of time, but she's got so many animals over there. They kind of have to rotate their freedom. She's got horses and ducks. She's got a baby donkey. I mean, you know, so the chickens go out for a certain amount of time, but I don't think of them as being mistreated at all. So I don't know. I'd be kind of curious to see what the yolk in her eggs is like, but yes, the ones in Uh Europe are completely different and I find them very unappealing as part of my, to real food. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Them. You know, I when, I, when I'm over there, basically I eat bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you eat the baguettes in France and the butter It's really France, good bread and, and butter, France, but I mean, okay. that's about it. Yeah. yeah exactly. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you know about the grand opening. Okay. I, I, we'll be there. Thank you. All right. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, Marianne Fitzmorris, I'm just sitting here in the Tom Fitzmorris chair on the food show, keeping it warm. We have Gunter Price coming up at three o'clock, and he is going to talk again. I know, but it is—it's a curiosity to me, and I have to have it satisfied about the sous vide business. I was talking to um, Jeff Hansel yesterday at Oxlot 9, our favorite place on the North Shore. I say that, it's like my, it, it, it covers between there and Chifuncta. But, um, but I do really, really respect whatever he says. And um, the subject came up because I had prime rib at Chifuncta's last week and was talking about easily identifying that it had been sous vide. And I think it's just because I recognize this in beef. But then Jeff told me that he he does his pork belly and several other things that way. And I've never noticed it. And I've had all of that stuff. So I'm thinking, I started thinking, okay, so maybe it is just a beef thing. So I asked Gunter if he would come on and talk to us about the properties of sous vide and how the process affects proteins in different ways. And he was talking about all of the eggs that are sous vide and how eggs are finished off if they're poached. And I don't really eat poached eggs, generally speaking, but um, I'd be curious to see if there's a difference. And I would kind of think that poaching, not poaching, but um, sous vide-ing an egg would be a change in the texture. But if you think about it, a poached egg is kind of a sous vide. So I don't know. But anyway, Gunther's going to come on and talk to us about uh, the process of doing a sous vide. And we'll talk a little. He knows a lot of restaurants that do everything with a sous vide and will not be mentioning the names, but we'll be talking about all of the sous vide operations that he has come in contact with in his very extensive career in town. He is retired now, 
which is a pity uh, for the restaurant business, probably pretty good for him, but, but a pity for the restaurant business. He was last working sometimes at, uh, the Dick, in the Dickie Brennan group, but I uh, had some really great restaurants, including one where I had a meal, I don't know, 30 years ago that I still think about, the Versailles. So he is a man who knows what he's talking about. Gunter Price will be back with us at 3 o'clock. All right, 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here, ready to talk to you, and we'll be doing some more talking after the top of the hour news, which is coming up next from the Louisiana Radio Network. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans. We'll be back with some more food talk right after this. Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. In our country. Senate Minority Leader from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, appearing before a Senate Rules Committee, the committee discussing H.R. 1, which was passed in the House earlier this year. The bill would bring the largest overhaul of the U.S. elections in a generation. Gas supplies are tightening across the country as a pipeline that carries almost half the fuel used on the East Coast is shut down for a fifth day. Colonial Pipeline says it's working substantially to resume operations by the end of the week after shutting down its network due to a cyber attack last Friday. Long gas lines already starting to form in Virginia, North, and South Carolina. AAA predicting gas prices could rise 3 to 7 cents per gallon this week. And you're listening to USA Radio News. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food, what would you do? You'll wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis. And that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $50 on our popular four-week emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast two to three days max, and your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $50 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. President Biden is pushing for more COVID-19 vaccinations across the United States. We're going to be able to take a serious step toward return to normalcy by, by Independence Day. Hosting a virtual chat with a group of bipartisan governors, Biden noting ongoing positive trends on reducing new cases of the coronavirus, along with hospitalizations and deaths. The White House is calling for a de-escalation of violence between Israel and Hamas. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki adding, The president's support for Israel's security, for its legitimate right to defend itself, and its people is fundamental and will never waver. We condemn ongoing rocket attacks by Hamas and other terrorist groups, including against Jerusalem. Psaki also calling for a two-state solution to resolve long-standing conflicts between Israel and the Palestinians. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu saying he expects days of conflict. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wyatt Cox. Each and every day, the USA Radio Network produces three hours of the greatest radio programs of all time, comedies, drama, 
suspense. It's all there. Classic radio theater. Now, if your radio station doesn't carry the program, you can find them anywhere podcasts are served, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker. Just search for USA Classic Radio Theater. Find it. USA Classic Radio Theater. You'll love it. House Republicans are preparing for a much-anticipated vote. A vote has been scheduled for Wednesday to potentially remove Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney from her position as the Republican Party conference chair. Cheney has drawn criticism for her continued condemnation of former President Donald Trump's claims of fraud during the 2020 presidential election. Congressman Brian Babin says Cheney is entitled to her own opinions on the former president. But the Texas Republican tells Newsmax TV that that doesn't apply to GOP leadership, who need to present a unified voice, if they plan on retaking the House in 2022. Liz is our number three. The rains have been heavy. A couple of systems that come on down will impact the area again tonight and again throughout the day tomorrow. Spotty activity tonight in the first part of Tuesday. They're more likely we'll get under additional rounds of thunderstorms or showers with possibly heavy rains Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday night. Overnight, early morning lows, 70s. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's highs go to lower to mid-80s. More rains Wednesday, the last of it on Thursday, and improving weather Friday into the weekend. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. The 41st Annual Harrison County Gem Mineral Fossil and Jewelry Show featuring jewelry, rocks, gems, bees, fossils, minerals, displays, demonstrations. Come and stump the experts. Exhibits, hourly door prices. Saturday, May 15th, 9 to 5. Sunday, May 16th, 9 to 4. $5 for adults, kids, 10 and under. Get in free. Joppa Shrine Temple, Triners Boulevard, Biloxi. I-10 will market exit number 41 North, GulfportGems.org. Food Show. We're here on a beautiful day, actually, as it turned out, talking about food as this show has been a place to do that for the last 33 years. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris in the Tom Fitzmorris chair. Tom visits every now and then, but we have Gunter on Gunter Preuss on the line, who we've sort of adopted as our expert when we need someone to talk about things having to do with restaurants or food in general. Because I not only do I not know any uh, know everything, I have a very limited knowledge of techniques and things like that. So, Gunter, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Okay, nice, nice uh, uh, talk, Tommy. Nice uh, joining your show. Right, you're right. All right, so we got to talking. I called Gunther last night because we had started talking about sous vide about a week ago when we went to one of my favorite restaurants, Chifuncta's, and I got a prime rib that I was very excited about because we've been talking about prime rib on the show, and they had a carving station. And so I got the prime rib, but then I noticed immediately that it had the sous vide thing going for it. And I, I just don't, I don't care for it. I don't care for sous vide. So how does a sous vide, I, I guess it's, it's not a machine or maybe it is, it is a machine. It is. It, it, it is. It's a uh, machine. 
Well, describe it. Describe it, because I don't really know how it, how it is. Is it a, a big thing, well, a little thing, or what is well, it? Well, it, 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 you can, it's, uh, I would say, maybe about, uh, it depends what it is, maybe, what about, uh, 70, 75 inches long. It's like a big wash top, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. All right, and, and so... And it's called a, pre, a precision cooker. With, uh-huh. is a thermometer in it, so you know exactly what temperature you need to cook your various meats. Is it something that sits on a counter? Yes, yeah. Oh, okay, it sits so on it sits a, on, on, a on, a, on a counter. Yeah. So, so it's like a tub on the counter, right. and it yes. plugs in, I guess. It's electric, yes. is that right? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. And then it has a thermometer in it, and yes. it's, you fill it with water? Yes. Okay, and then the, the protein goes in a bag, though, right? Yeah, yes, you use it, it, what is called a sous-vide bag. First of all, mm-hmm. sous-vide means uh, in French, under vacuum. It's, it's like mm-hmm. vacuum cooking. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. And you have like a, like a vacuum bag. And some mm-hmm. people, if you work in a uh, restaurant, they got a vacuum sealer. You can mm-hmm. buy bags where you cook sous-vide in. And then whatever you do with the particular meat, either you marinate it before you sous-vide it, or you, you don't marinate it, but you, then you can put it on this uh, uh, vacuum sealer and it's uh, closed. You can also use a Ziploc bag, if, but you've mm-hmm. got to be very, very careful that all the air comes out. <clears throat> okay, because so if, if you, you have... marinate... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. So if you marinate the protein, yes. you don't do you rinse it off before you put it in the sous vide, or no, you because no, no, you which no, oh, no. so you do you keep the marinade in there, so you're kind yes. of cooking it with the marinade. Okay. okay, now there are two ways people people do that. Either let's say you you have a chuck roast or uh, a brisket, you can marinate it. First of all, you got to find out, or you can rub it. What a rub you have, or what marinade you you would like. With a lot of, it, it's better to cook with. Uh, uh, dry spices than fresh spices. Oh, not then, always, but in a sous vide case, right? In a sous vide, yes, yeah. It's better to cook with, okay. with, with, with dry spices. Now, some people, uh, let's say you have a chuck roast. Some people maybe put the chuck roast on a grill for about 10, 15 minutes. Okay? Then they cool okay. it down, then they put the marinade on or the, the rub on and put it into the sous vide bag. Okay, hmm. then so you put it back in the refrigerator. Uh-huh. Now, let's say you have a, a chuck roast, which is quite a bit, you know, maybe what, about 10, 8, 10, 10 pounds. If you sous-vide this, uh, it probably will, will take you between 24 and 30 hours. To uh, do that. So, it? Yes. So when you really? have your prime rib, when you have your prime rib, Okay, he he's got to time all those things. Huh? Okay. I thought a sous vide was kind of a quick thing. Well, no, no, a sous vide. Oh. The only quick thing is if you have a little chicken breast, but it takes a while. It takes about twenty to thirty minutes too. If you have a really? steak, if you have a steak, it might take. If you have an inch steak, an inch and a half too, it might take between one and a half hours. Okay. Y- so you know. 
Go ahead. Jeff Hansel and I were talking about right. this. Jeff Hansel over mm-hmm. at Oxide. Right. And we were talking about the extra step of sous vide. Right. It seems like an awful lot of trouble. It is. For not a lot of payoff unless you're really, really into it. I mean, right. I'm not into it, so it doesn't seem worth it to right. me. And and Jeff was saying the same thing. It's like an extra step and that it was a fad uh-huh. a while ago. It was really, right. really hot. And I think it's true right. that it has died down a bit. Do you think it's yeah. died down? I think it has. Yeah. But also yeah. to come to come back on the uh on the uh cooking time. I mean, if you take a steak, let's say, you cannot say, uh, I want a sous vide steak and you, and you cook it to order. It doesn't work like this. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to pre-cook those steaks. And that's uh-huh. what most of the steakhouses do. I, I guess a, maybe about a, what you, an inch and a half, two inch steak might take you 40, 50 minutes. That is so... <laughs> Okay. If you just put the steak in a pan, it would take yes, less time right, than but that. I mean, it does. But then <laughs> if you want to have a perfectly cooked steak, you cannot have it in the pan because the, the outside rim from the steak gets well done and, and the middle gets not quite, quite uh, whatever you want it, like medium rare. If you sous vide it, your steak is pink or medium rare or medium all the way through. Well, I think people I think people are used to having the seared outer edge and the rarer inside right. and not well, only absolutely. are they used yes. to it, but I think maybe because they're used to it, they find that a desirable quality. Right. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Tom used to always get, order his steaks black and blue. Black and blue. Well, this you you would not do in a sous-vide bag. You put it on a right. grill yeah. if you right. have your steak right. black and blue. But you can cook a, a perfect medium to medium rare steak if you, you know, cook it whenever you cook it in the morning and then take the steak. You got to cool it off fast in a semi-freezer. Then you take it out and you finish it up on the broiler. Yeah, yeah. So when Gunter, you when did this, you first... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. When did you first run into a sous vide? What was the first time you ever saw a sous vide machine? Here in uh, in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, like how many years ago? I would say about uh, eight, nine, ten, about ten, ten uh, years ago. And do you remember where it was? Oh yes. Uh huh. But you don't want to say. No. Because no, it doesn't. I, I you know. Want... I think. I think not not only is it very common, uh-huh. but I think restaurants, it's not something that restaurants would be ashamed of saying. I think they're very no. proud of their sous vide. As a matter yes. of fact, they like to brag about being right. uh, the owner of a sous vide machine. Right. So, but I mean, but I just to it. also tell you, a sous vide steak, it's mostly done in a very upscale steakhouse. Yeah. You don't do a sous vide yeah. in a in a normal in a normal steakhouse. Right. Okay? Right. So yeah. you you're talking about a uh, there's a very upscale steakhouse here in the city of New Orleans. They use sous vide only. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, wait, they they don't only you mean they use sous vide and that's the how they cook it or they 
take it out. You're saying that the, the process of cooking is only sous vide? No, no. I said the process of cooking for their steaks is only sous vide. But they do take them out and finish them in a pan or something, oh, don't oh, they? Oh, yes, yeah. They, they finish them oh, in oh, the okay. uh, uh, grill okay. then because okay. you want to caramelize okay. your steak. You want to get right. the flavor. Yeah. See, yeah, when you course. eat a steak, okay. you, you obviously want to eat, uh, you know, you want to taste your steak. Why your sous vide is, uh, how, I, I don't want to, um, actually, a sous vide is, is almost a sophisticated steamer. That's probably the way you could look at this thing. Gunther, you were not in this country at that time, I don't think. And this is probably not something you would ever see in Europe what? at what? the time we're talking about. But when I what? grew up, yes. um, there was a product in the convenience culture 60s called Terry's Roast Beef. Uh -huh. And it came yes. in the freezer case uh -huh. and it was a bunch of roast beef slices in a mm -hmm. gravy in yes. a sealed bag mm -hmm. and what you did was you dropped it in a pot of boiling water, water and that's yeah. how you cooked it right. and it was this boil in bag technology yes which is all i think of when i think of sous vide <laughs> yes i mean it's... when when i started working for the hotel corporation i, I said I, I worked for the hilton corporation for quite a while in uh, New York, in Washington, D.C., as executive chef. And one of their things then, matter of fact, was in uh, Washington, was whatever we, we had to order, and I'll tell you the, uh, that we had to order uh, uh, chicken tetrasini, veal uh, 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 steak Newberg, uh, all those old, old line uh, uh, dishes, they came in pouches. So when we had a buffet, that's all what the, the people, I mean, the, the salespeople sold, if you wanted it. It really? was chicken a la king, uh, chicken tetrasini, uh, uh -huh. uh, whatever it was. And all we did, we, we opened, I mean, we didn't open. Oh. We took a water bath, a big steam, a steam kettle full of hot water. We oh, put no. a bag in, or bags in, and then we scooped it out into a shaving dish and put parsley on now, that must have been really depressing for a classically trained European oh, chef like oh, you. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this was one of the things what the Hilton did. I don't know. Oh, they, no. when, when I left, they didn't do it anymore. But this was oh, one of the things they did for years. Right? Was, this, was this right when you came here? Because you must have said no, to yourself, no. I came here for this? No, no. Okay. no. This was in, okay. the, in, the, in the middle 60s. Okay, so you were here before yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, it's just this what what Hilton Corporation did. Oh no! Okay. Did you wonder when you were boiling those bags? Did you wonder what your counterparts in Europe were doing and thinking? Oh, I don't well, know. Was in, this in such my, a good idea? I guess my counterparts in in uh, in uh, Europe would would maybe do sweet then. That, that thing yeah. is around for forty, fifty years. So we yeah. cooking. Yeah, it's, it's not uh, just, just some new. It's no, definitely, but it's it's you know we get everything a little bit later here, and it's right. been uh, really right. hot for the last ten years. All right, Gunter, can you right. hold on? With, and we're yeah. going to come back and talk about right. specific proteins and how they're sous vide. Right. Let's uh, let's get back with Gunter Preuss after these messages. 
People always ask us, what's the best new restaurant? And lately, that's an easy one. Chifuncta's in Madisonville is not only the best new restaurant, it's in a class by itself. Bright, airy dining rooms with great views of the Chifuncta River offer a glamorous dining experience. Chef Michael Gottlieb's kitchen turns out delicious food. There's a great wine list, craft cocktails, and impeccable service. Preserve your own unique dining experience. Chifuncta's. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Yes, indeed. Basil's Ace Hardware is your boiling headquarters, too. Grilling and boiling. In other words, your outdoor cooking headquarters. Go see them if you are about to have a crawfish boil. I can't believe we're kind of coming to the end of that. But they have uh, washers. They have burners. They have the rocket pot. They have boilers. They have the pot that cools down after you've boiled. Basil's Ace Hardware. And, of course, go see them for grilling supplies, too. We're back with Gunter Preuss, and we're talking about sous vide. And I started thinking about sous vide as I don't, often think about it, but I had this very disappointing meat experience at one of my favorite restaurants and it was sous vide. And so I started thinking, well, when I, when I asked about the steak at Oxlot and he told me that they do sous vide other proteins there, I was thinking, you know, I've never really thought about other proteins. I've never noticed it except with beef. So I'm wondering why that is, why pork and chicken and I guess lamb get sous vide too. Yes, uh, yeah. What is it that's different about all of these when they're sous vide? Well, uh, first of all, I, I think the uh, the makeup of uh, beef, the meat, is completely different than you would have a you would have a chicken. Mm-hmm. The chicken would not take as long to sous vide than the beef. Now. Going back to the uh, chicken, what I would do, I would saute the uh, chicken first, then put it in a sous vide bag, put all my, my spices on, and maybe sous vide the uh, chicken for, I would say, probably. And, and there are shots. When you have those uh, precision cookers, they come, they come with charts to tell you exactly how long certain meats need. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So, um, so- when... Gunter, I'm getting from you that you cook before you sous vide. Is is, is that a common practice? No. Okay. You can debate it with uh, chefs. But okay. what I would what I have done or the, the experience I have, I always cooked it a little bit before. Okay. Me too. Okay. I've never heard that before. Put it in the sous vide bag. Put everything else on there, what you need to put in there, then put it and sous vide it 
And then I even would cook it afterwards, after I oh, take it out of the bag. A, it's so much trouble. I mean, I it is. I can see the point. Is. I can right. see the point if right. you, and I'm sure there are people who do have this experience when they cut into a sous vide protein. Right. But, but I could see the point of all of these <clears throat> extra steps if a person cut into it and went, oh my God, this uh, is so good, but I've never... Right seen that experience right. and i just think these right. are a lot of extra steps for not right. much return but you see if you go to a steakhouse which does sous vide and you get a steak which is medium rare all the way around you mm -hmm. know exactly it isn't a steak which is cooked on the grill it's mm -hmm. sous vide because yeah. if you do cook something on the grill, the outer edge is always cooked to a point where it's almost well done, right? <laughs> well, you know what? Now, they, see, that's a, that's a method of discovery that I didn't even think see, about. And as you go towards the middle, it, 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 then it gets medium rare. Uh-huh. Okay. See, if you cook a steak and, and <laughs> uh, I can, you know, if you do it for a long time, you just take your finger and you can uh -huh. feel it. Right. In the yes. middle of the steak, if it's rare, medium rare, medium, or, or well done. But on the edges all around the steak, it's not medium rare, if you really think about it. Well, I've not really thought about it, but you know what? I'm learning now that you can, like, I can look at a piece of beef that's <clears throat> been sous vide and see the yeah. texture and say, this is sous vide. But now that mm -hmm. you're telling me it's the same doneness all the way through that's another yes. way to telltale sign of something right. being sous vide because i never really thought of it that way i can identify it just by texture but right. what about the other proteins like pork uh, obviously pork. i've had sous vide pork, pork. and you can do and the same it. thing what you can the do doneness the doneness yeah you can do uh -huh. the uh, the uh, same thing you can marry like I said, you can cook it a little bit, then marinate it, put it in a sous vide bag, then finish it in, in the sous vide, which is going to take you probably 40 to 50 minutes, okay? <laughs> and it might be even longer. It depends how, how sick your porks are best. Uh -huh. And then take it out and then, uh, you know, caramelize it so you have a feeling that it actually was on a grill. But if you go on a computer and put sous vide on, they'll show you pictures from steaks, you wouldn't mm -hmm. believe. They look pink all the way around it. There's nothing else there. Okay, I'm going to have to do that. I am going to the next opportunity I have. I'm not a gigantic meat eater. Right. But um, like Tom really likes the double cut pork right. chop. But I, right. I, I don't usually order those. But now I'm curious. And I'm going right. to see. The uh, next place I go where there's a double cut pork chop, I'm going to order one of those. And, right. and I'm going to check and see if I can tell if it's sous vide. And if I can, I'm going to ask if it's sous vide. But, and but when you see. go on the computer and you see a sous vide piece of <clears throat> like a pork tenderloin, that's mm -hmm. pink all the way around. Mm -hmm. Now, if you, you see a it? pork tenderloin which is cooked on, on the uh, grill, it's pink in the middle. And then all the way around, it's, it, it's cooked well done. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you, really, cook it it on, really on an open, you cook it on an open flame. Yeah, for sure. Right? Well, I'm definitely going to pay a little bit more attention yeah, right. to this now. You said eggs are sous vide as well. Yes, yes. And yes. How, how long does it take to sous vide an egg? If you take 
an egg, let's say, you've got to bring, and again, there is, a, there is a chart there which will tell you exactly how long. Well, first of all, for the eggs, I think you've got to go to about 145 degrees Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Then you put your eggs in, uh -huh. and then it will take, I would say, um, Uh, how can I say that? It's kind of hard. It will take a while, and again, the chart will, will tell you, where the white cooks, okay, and the yolk is not set, it, set yet. You follow me, ah, what I'm saying? Okay, okay, uh-huh. Hmm. Okay? It, it would seem to me it would cook really quickly. No, 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 it, it, it really doesn't either. Yeah. Okay, let huh. me see. I, I, if you put it on, maybe you can Google it. What? How long an egg? I, I don't remember anymore. But yeah. I, I just just remember we had the thermo thermometer on 145. You brought the water up, but we we put the eggs in there before the thermometer reached 145. Okay. <laughs> so you put so hot trouble. water in in the in the in the. Uh, in the precision cooker, then you put your eggs in and then you put your, 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 your thermometer on and brought this, the, the whole um, uh, pan up to one, 145 Fahrenheit. I, I remember that. Uh -huh. And then I, I remember that the, that, the, that the whites was partially set when you cracked it open, but the, um, I mean partially cooked, but the yellows was, was just, just set. So you could mm -hmm. actually use it as a poached egg. <clears throat> yeah, well, sure, of course, of course. Right. All right, so you're not a fan of, I mean, we're gonna just got another two minutes. So your feeling right. about sous vide is that you don't really understand it either. Is that right? I, I mean, actually, if you work with it, it's, but if you tell it to, to normal people, it's actually like a science. It, well, yeah, it is. It is. They, it I think is, that the know? reason it's so faddish is that the right. chefs really, really get into the science of it. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. It's a science. And like I said, sous vide. Did and one, more, one more thing. What, what we did when we, when we cooked sous vide in some of the restaurants, where we made like roast beef sandwiches, and mm -hmm. we used a big piece of meat like a chuck roast. Okay? Uh -huh. We cooked it first for about 10 minutes. Then we put it in a sous vide bag with the marination or with the rub, put it in the semi-freezer, then took it out and cooked it about 28-30 hours oh my God. <laughs> and then I'm you sorry. immediately take it out leave it in a, in a sous vide bag and put it in the semi, semi freezer because you need to cool it down fast oh see way too much trouble for me why all right good to, we have a hard break coming up so i'm gonna go okay. ahead and let you go and okay. um and i appreciate i appreciate I, you calling i hope on, i helped you about, i hope, right. hope i helped you a little bit okay thank you thank you Gunter. always thank appreciate you. it bye-bye Will do. Thank you. All right. It is 3.30 now, and it's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back for more food talk after this. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. A cyber attack against one of the nation's largest pipelines threatens to increase gas prices locally and potentially result in fuel shortages elsewhere. AAA fuel analyst Don Redmond says the cyber attack could result in gas prices 10 to 15 cents higher per gallon along the East Coast with potentially lower increases locally. There's already some reports of runs on East Coast gas stations, but Redmond asked you not to panic. It's understandable that there would be some panic buying, but we certainly caution people against, you know, filling up unnecessarily. 
The average cost of a gallon of gas in Louisiana sits at $2.66, up $0.05 cents from this time last month, and up $1.06 from this time last year. I'm Matt Doyle. Governor Edwards is in Washington, D.C. to testify before the U.S. Energy and Natural Resources Committee on Thursday. His office says Edwards will address the adverse impact that a protracted moratorium on mineral leases in the Gulf of Mexico will have on Louisiana's economy. LRN. How much money is 30 seconds worth to you? If you hire a non-licensed contractor, it could cost you thousands of dollars and hours and hours of headaches. Take 30 seconds to save thousands. Go to LAContractor.org and make sure he or she is licensed like thousands of great contractors here in Louisiana. That's LAContractor.org. Or get our free mobile app, LA Contractor, in your app store. Take 30 seconds to save thousands now. Summer's just around the corner, and the deals on John Deere tractor packages are heating up at Sunshine. For a limited time, our 1025R tractor package comes equipped with a 1025R tractor, loader, rotary cutter, and trailer starting at just $199 a month. You'll only find deals this good when you get powered by Sunshine. Learn about our extended warranty options and apply for financing online at sunequip.com. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends August 3rd, 2021. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge May 14th, it's the North Mississippi All-Stars. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Yes, indeed. 5569696 is the number. I knew that Gunter would have some answers for us about sous vide. Uh, I promise that's the end of the sous vide conversation unless you have something else to say, uh, but I will not bring it up again. I find it uh, fascinating and a little silly, but um, I am going to pay a little more attention to pork. I don't normally order a big wonk of pork, but, you know, for experiment purposes, I believe that I will the next time I'm in a restaurant where they have the option of a big old pork chop. Spam. I wish that guy from Hawaii who called us last week or earlier this week would call again. Uh, if he's listening, I hope he does call again because we were talking about spam because spam is, for some reason, a preferred food item in Hawaii, which, let's be honest, is not known for its culinary excellence. Spam was registered as a trademark by the Hormel Company today in 1937. It's short for spiced ham. That's what it is, ham and pork shoulder in a can. 
It's not horrible, but it's not good either. I think I tried a spam experiment the last time we talked about spam on the show. I think I actually did buy some spam. And I, I tried it and I was not, I won't say impressed. That's not something you would expect to be impressed by, especially because spam has been the butt of so many jokes. But I'm tempted, now that it's back again, I'm tempted to buy a can of spam and uh, give it to Tom for breakfast because spam is uh, a big sautéed spam or crusted spam or, you know, like a spam cooked as a steak is kind of a thing um, sometimes in breakfast. And maybe I will, I will try that just to see what it's like. But I remember trying it and thinking, yeah, this is exactly worthy of the jokes that have been perpetrated on it uh but if it was it was if it was trademarked in 1937 that predates world war ii and so i guess that and i think this has been issued as the official explanation for the ubiquitousness of spam in hawaii that because of its location it was something that was able to be delivered to Hawaii during the war years when everything was kind of messed up. And so they got used to eating it, and it's quite the, I won't say delicacy in Hawaii, but it is definitely, um, it, it's a thing there. That's, that's the best way to explain it. It's a thing there. Spam. What do you think about Spam. I don't really have a thought about spam, but I need to get a thought about spam, so I'm going to go buy some and try it out. 5569696 is the number. How pleasant is the day when we give up striving to be young or slender? <laughs> that is a words to eat by today from William James, the 19th century American philosopher born in 1842. If only I could, I could, if only I could give up striving to be slender. I, uh, <laughs> I have two sisters who, um, well, three sisters. One is already slender. So I have two sisters who are as disgusted with themselves as I am. And we have made a pact along with our sister-in-law to be the size we want to be by a family wedding happening in August. Now, so far, since that pact has been struck, none of us have made any great advances toward that goal. And I don't know, I don't know, has anyone done that? Has anyone just given up on striving to be young and slender. And if you have, it's not really food talk so much, but if you have, it's really philosophical. Please call us and tell us how pleasant is that day when you did finally give up striving to be young or slender? Because it hasn't happened for me yet. And that doesn't mean that I haven't had that I've had any success with either of those projects, but maybe young, but, but definitely not slender. That's for sure. 
556-9696 is the number on this date in 1968 the really weird song MacArthur Park written by Jimmy Webb and sung by Richard Harris was released and nobody knows what the lyrics mean <laughs> I didn't know this but our daughter apparently asked Tom why somebody would leave a cake with green frosting out in the rain, especially if it took a long time to bake and the baker lost the recipe. All I can say about that girl is she's always had a good head on her shoulders and is a very logical thinker. And of course, that's a silly phrase and a ridiculous uh, thing to have to ask a question about, but true. But you know, what can you say? It was the 60s and, and rock and roll. Anyway, and Tom said, and more important, why anyone would write a song about that. That's six minutes long, for sure. Oh, what can you say? The baby boom generation certainly um, changed everything, maybe. I don't know. But then, of course, we say that about millennials, too, don't we? The millennials have, uh, have certainly changed things. But I guess it's true of baby boomers, too, maybe. I don't know. Getting very philosophical here and way off the subject of food, which is what I really want to talk about because this is, after all, the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. And even though I am not Tom Fitzmorris, I am doing the show for him. Call me, Marianne Fitzmorris, 556-9696. In the annals of cocktails today, Carlos Herrera, the inventor of the margarita, died in 1992. On this day, he assembled the concoction of tequila, lime juice, triple sec, and ice with a salt rim at his restaurant, Rancho La Gloria, near Tijuana in 1947. The story goes that he named it after an actress who called herself Marjorie King and who was a regular customer who preferred tequila shooters. Tequila shooters. If I had a tequila shooter, <laughs> I would be on the floor. Tequila really messes up my brain. Let's go to Kirk. Happy Is New Kirk Year. There? Hi. How are you? I'm, I heard I'm there. How are you? <laughs> okay. I'm here. What a coincidence. <laughs> the, um... I, I was calling. I uh, my family had the fortune of living on Maui for a year, mm. and uh, spam mm. is ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, first of all, though, Hawaii does have good cuisine. They have uh, they don't have any indigenous cuisine, I guess, but they have a, they have plenty of resorts and good restaurants. Well, yeah, 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 in. but that sort of thing. But I'm talking about yeah. their indigenous cuisine leaves a lot to be desired, like the plate lunch. Right, come on. Yeah, they used the the, the uh, taro or taro, or the, uh, yeah. different spellings yeah. for it, <laughs> the root, um, which I guess they made. We didn't have. I don't think we ate poi while we were there. But mm -hmm. my son, who was in um, ninth grade and on the basketball team, which had to travel for for competition, uh, even within the island, is a day trip. So um, they had they, they had. Uh, Spam musabi, I think it's called. Basically, we, we talked about this the other day. Roll. Some guy from Hawaii called. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's it's just rolled like a sushi roll, and um, the host team 
of these basketball overnight things would provide food. And this one team and um, Hana had a plate of this. And while all the other kids went into their sleeping area for the games the next morning, my son indulged in, I don't know, he cleaned the tray out, which (laughs) (laughs) didn't perform that well the next day. But, but it is, it's popular. And I think you're right. The, the story is that the GIs would, would hand it out and, uh, it just sort of became, I don't know so much by, but nostalgically favored, I guess is perhaps a way to put it. Not, yes, I think that's probably uh, true. Yeah. 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 Okay, is, so I, let's, it, I, yes. So go back, go back to, it's called a spam musabi. Is that right? I, I think, I, I didn't see it written. I heard it said, and I'm going to say musabi. Essentially yes. uh, a sushi roll, but it's not yeah. sushi, obviously. Yeah. Um, a rice roll with uh, Spam in the center. Yeah. It's the protein, I guess. And, okay, um, now, is the Spam cooked first or not? Uh, it's, it comes cooked, and it's cooked in a can, but... Uh, yeah, I know, but I mean, like, you can cook Spam on top of it. Might, yeah, I think it's probably... I didn't see it prepared either. It's in, it's in the roll. It doesn't mm-hmm. look any different color than when it comes out the can, so mm-hmm. I don't know that it yeah. was... Uh, well, if nothing else is cooked but the rice, yeah. you know, probably right. not. It's, so it's probably so just your, bread and rolled. Yeah. Uh huh. And sliced. So your family lived in Maui for a year. Tough break, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a backstory <laughs> to it. Was it hard to move back? Oh, it was. It was. It was for a school year. That was. That was the plan. The, to go there for one year. Um, <laughs> And people say why, and then the answer is because we could, I guess. <laughs> I love it. So you went yeah. to Hawaii for the school year, not for work, but just because. Well, it was a, it was a Waldorf school that, are, yeah, for the school cool. for our kids, and they have that experience. Ah, and and, uh-huh. and it, anyway, obviously there was situations that permitted it. Interesting. Um, self-employment wow. is, is the key, yeah. I guess. Yeah, uh-huh. Fantastic. When was that? Uh, let's see. My son's graduating this year for ninth grade. So 2017, 18 school year. Okay. Was it, was it tough for them to move back? I mean. No, no, they knew, they fully expected that was planned. Uh-huh. Um, wow. No, okay. that wasn't, no. It wasn't so, anything. They, they were, we were there for the uh, missile uh, alert. <laughs> I was mentioning that to somebody <laughs> recently. I was back in New Orleans and... <laughs> And my daughter, from who's post college somewhere else, texted, "Dad, did you see this?" Because you know it's an hour, several hours difference, and oh my goodness, it was like alert, you know, oh, ballistic missile on route or something like that. Oh, gosh, <laughs> um, so did you make it to Mama's Fish House? Yes, yeah. So we, you... I, that, that we, we were we were down the street from that. Oh, uh, really? We went a couple a couple of times. Uh-huh. And it's got a wonderful setting, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and, it, a, and a really, really great good. price Although point. I, I, yeah, I've never. I, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm from New Orleans and spoiled, but nothing ever anywhere else overwhelms me. It just it, mm-hmm. it was good. There's no yeah. doubt. It was very good, and the atmosphere yeah. is special, and the location uh-huh. is incredible, and yeah, yeah, I think, yes. 
I, I would say the bill is what affected me the most because I'd never spent $300 for lunch for three people before. Oh, my goodness. But it was oh. extraordinarily good. It was extraordinarily good, I have to say. But, yes, all the great food in Hawaii is the resorts, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're just if you're just I wonder eating, how they did with the, with the pandemic at a place like Mama's Fish House because yeah. nobody was flying on or off the island. And most yeah. people that live on the island don't go there without company. Right. Yeah. Thing. Well, I'm uh, sure it was you, a familiar you mentioned story. Three hundred dollar lunch. I'm gonna, if I may interject, one way. You just a couple of Saturdays ago, I was listening to you, and it's in the car, so I didn't have. But you were talking about Ruth Fertel's, uh Might have been the anniversary of her death, but the. Um, and then you're also talking about fifty dollar lunch, fifty dollar meals, and being able to keep the table. Um, and when I was in nineteen mid eighties, I, I took an associate and a prospective client to lunch at. And I remember this bill because of what, what, what I did in error. Uh, we took him to Bruce Chris, had a, whatever the standard lunch is, whatever the client wanted. I don't know if we drank. We probably, not, probably didn't have drinks. But I, but as a young, you know, mid-20s, I was like, I would tip 18%. And then we walked out, and my associate said, Kirk, you realize you gave, it, you gave the waiter $18? So the bill for three people at lunch at Bruce Chris in 1987 was $50. And I was trying to tip 18%, which would have been $9, but I left 18 <laughs> So I don't know what you can get for lunch for $50 today, but you're not uh -huh. going to feed three at a business lunch. That's for darn sure. Wow. Well, I hope you will call again because I, I have enjoyed this call and I'm fascinated. I actually wish we could talk off the air because I'm, I'm fascinated by the Waldorf school idea. And okay. um, Yeah, the story gets even a little more colorful, but that's another... It's a little more what? We'll run into each other somewhere, and I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> so were you happy with the experience? Were you glad you did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. Okay. okay. But, you know, people All say, right. what did you do? I said, well, we went to, you know, we went to track meets and basketball games and uh -huh. things you do. <laughs> yeah. But we have a beautiful setting. My son was on a surf team. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you learn to surf in Hawaii, you can surf any place. I said he was on the third team. I didn't say he really learned how. <laughs> them some rough waves there. Some rough waves. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Kirk. Thank you for calling. Really enjoyed the call. Call back sometime. All right? Robert. Take care. Bye-bye. We actually had uh, – oh, wait. We'll take a break and we'll come back and talk. Five five six nine six nine six. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursday's wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? 
We do. Everyone loves a Gershwin tune. Gunter called back because he has something to say about spam, and I would love spam. to hear what you have to say about spam. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, I'm a, actually a, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Is he there? Hello? Oh, good. Excellent. All right. I hope he, I hope, I hope we didn't lose. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering what the, what the sound, the vacuum was there, but um, we'll wait for him to call back. Yes. What's it called now? Spam Masabi. That's what the caller. Spam Masubi, actually. We Masubi. got a caller from Hawaii who called in specifically oh. to tell me that. I think John oh, from Oh, what Hawaii. was his name? John, yeah, he called the other day. I wish he would call again and uh, and talk about the spam because we, we talked a little bit. It's Masubi, okay, Masubi, because he's the one who actually described that. And when, uh, when the caller, Kirk, just now said that his son cleaned out the whole tray, uh, I mean, I could see where that has some potential. I mean, what could be wrong? Spam and rice. And it is rolled in seaweed. I mean, uh, you know, if you're into sushi, I could definitely see how you could really like that. But um, <laughs> I don't think the indigenous food in Hawaii is very promising at all. Gunter, call us back if you are listening, because I want to hear what you have to say about spam. I'm sure it's good, because Gunter has worked around the world, and I was... I was marveling at his story about working for the Hilton Corporation and coming all the way from uh, Germany to take um, commissary boil-in bags and serve that to guests in first-class restaurants and how depressing that must have been for someone who had moved over here to cook European classically trained chef inspired food for Americans. You know, you got to say, wow, that's kind of a bummer. It's one of those things where you take a job and then you have serious second thoughts about it, although I'm sure he never has because he stayed and thrived in his own places after that. 5569696, I was talking about <clears throat> the margarita when we got the call from Kirk, which uh, was a fun call about spam. I'm going to, after this show, I am going to purchase some spam at the store and have a report on spam. Tom is going to get spam for breakfast tomorrow. I've been making some rather uh, impressive gourmet breakfasts for Tom. It started out when I bought a corned beef, which would have been the time of uh, St. Patrick's Day. But I didn't cook it on St. Patrick's Day. I cooked it a few weeks after St. Patrick's Day. And I roasted it in the oven per the instructions. And then no one really ate it. And so we had corned beef and a lot of it just left over. So I got some potatoes and I did, I, I think I did bake them like I would have done for hash browns, but I didn't shred them like hash browns. I cut them up into little tiny dice like Pete Kusev does over at the lake house. And I did what amounted to Leonese potatoes. I did some peppers and onions and I 
did these little tiny potatoes and then I took the cold corned beef and diced that into the same size dice. And then I sauteed all of that together and then I had what I thought was a pretty great corned beef hash. Not as good as Pete Cusive's, but pretty good. And so for a while, like a really pretty good while because we had a lot of corned beef, Tom had corned beef hash with two sunny eggs. Oh, okay. I hope you can. All right, let's put them right on because we only have a few minutes. Gunter? Yeah. Tell us about spam. Yeah, uh, I'm actually a fan of spam. Oh, really? I eat, I eat spam cold with mustard. Hmm. I've made spam, I sauteed spam and put it on sauerkraut, which tastes very good. Mm-hmm. And I've used spam to make uh, uh, eggs benedict. Oh, I could see that. Could totally so, see that. Okay, so instead of the ham, you put the spam on and, and put your eggs benedict on and, and, you know, you cook a nice sauerkraut and you saute the spam, you cut it about a half an inch thick, saute it in a pan, put it on, uh, on top, it's delicious. Okay. I I love sauerkraut. Yeah, I right. love German food. My mom was right. part German, yeah, and she used yeah. to cook a big vat of sauerkraut. Yeah. What kind of sauerkraut do you use when you use sauerkraut? Well, uh, <clears throat> right now, what we are using here, or what, what, what Evelyn is using, we're using the, um, uh, it's, it's a German, it's called ah, uh, okay. Hengstenberg. Is it canned, it's, it's or...? No, it's in a uh, jar. It's in a jar. Okay. Do you get it at the store? Or you get it shipped in. Yes. No, we you get, get it in a in a store at uh, an Elwood uh, shopping center. Was it international something? Oh, so it's an international food store. Food store. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. So I just wanted to is it, tell is you. Is it I'm vastly a... different? Is is there like I don't. Um, I mean, I'm not German, but I like just basic canned sauerkraut, but this is really, really a superior product? It, it is, because okay. it, it's, uh, it's uh, marinated differently. And okay. normally when you get sauerkrauts here, they're so sour. And uh, just uh -huh. to make it, you need to wash them. But this you uh -huh. don't have to, uh, to uh, wash. Okay. Gunther, I only have another minute or yeah, two, but I want to okay. ask you. We talked about brats, y'all. I think brats, y'all, in my very yes. limited experience with yes. German food in Germany, yes. Yes. I think brats, y'all, is a really good representation of your German food in Germany. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, uh, you can put it in a, in a category of uh, not high-class German food. Oh, no, 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 fine no, German not. food. It's just... Average German food, which is yeah, right. very, mm -hmm. very good. Very, very I think good. it is a very good yes, uh, representation of basic yes. German food. Yeah. Okay, yes, so is. Gunter, the next time you visit, mm -hmm. and I hope you do soon, and you tell me when you'd like to come on, I would love for All you right. to come on and talk about German food. Yes, yes. Okay? okay. Text on. me okay. when you want to come on again and talk about German food. Yes. All right? And I'm going yes. out to buy a can of Spam. Take okay. care. Enjoy. Bye -bye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Who knew? Gunter Preuss likes spam. Who knew it? We like to do these true confessions here, although it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a pork product, like uh, like our own hogshead cheese. But, you know, he's a real gourmet chef, so it's kind of fun to hear that he likes spam. 
we're going to go buy a can of Spam after the show, which will be over in two minutes. So that means that it's time to tell you two things. One thing real quick. This is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. We recommend that you go to the website, WGSO.com, and click on that yellow button that says Donate, because this is their 75 for 75 campaign. It's a 501c3 corporation now, or charity now, and uh, your, do your donation, I don't know why I can't say tax-deductible donation, but it is going to be tax deductible if you donate to the 7575 campaign. 75 years of the community voice of the Crescent City, the only news talk locally owned and operated station. WGSO.com. Please give us a donation for the 7575 campaign. Happy anniversary to WGSO. We have our own platform here called nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Please go there and see Tom's 50-year body of work. There are 400-some-odd recipes. There are reviews and just general knowledge about food. I always said Tom had an encyclopedic knowledge of food and New Orleans food in particular. A lot of extinct restaurant uh, reports in there. Just a fun place to visit. We have our dining diary there. The almanac that I use as a blueprint for the show every day. Just fun facts about food. Nomenu.com. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Please subscribe because you can get that into your your inbox twice a week if you subscribe to the newsletter it comes twice a week to your inbox specials and things like that that are around town available for you we have our instagram page at the new orleans menu that's at the new orleans menu please follow us there on instagram please tell a friend about the show simple radio app downloaded free type in 990 new orleans and you can listen tim mcgally up next dine wine and spirits show it is four o'clock Brian Diaz here, host of the NOLA Drink Show. Join us every Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on WGSO, 990 a.m., New Orleans, Louisiana. The president's support for Israel's security, for its legitimate right to defend itself, and its people is fundamental and will never waver. During a briefing, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki condemning rocket attacks from Hamas. A U.S. senator claims Dr. Anthony Fauci is engaged in research that could lead to another pandemic. You're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China. During a hearing on Capitol Hill, Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky blasting Fauci for what he said was ongoing research in the United States where deadly viruses are created for pandemic research. Your final numbers on Wall Street at the closing bell, the Dow plummeting 473 points, and you're listening to USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-34-BIBLE. That's 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. 
in a blatant escalation of tensions in the region. Islamic Revolutionary Guard Navy speedboats are harassing U.S. Naval and Coast Guard vessels in the Strait of Hormuz. The 13 speedboats had armed their machine guns when they got to within 150 yards of the American vessels in the International Choke Point Waterway. Department of Defense spokesman John Kirby picks up the story from the Pentagon. This group of uh, fast attack boats, uh, boats uh, approached the U.S. formation at high speed, closing in as uh, close as 150 yards. The Coast Guard Cutter Maui, U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Maui, fired approximately 30 warning shots from a 50 caliber machine gun. Uh, after the second round, the 13 fast attack craft from the IRGCN broke contact. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. President Biden meeting virtually with governors to discuss vaccine distribution today. USA Radio News. Serving the Gulf South from New Orleans. WGSO New Orleans News Radio. WGSO. Celebrating 75 years, we are the community voice of the Crescent City. WGSO 990 AM. The Sazerac House is now open at 101 Magazine Street at the corner of Canal and Magazine in the heart of downtown New Orleans. You're cordially invited to experience timeless traditions and history that's worth repeating. Enjoy complimentary self-guided tours, interactive cocktail exhibits, spirit tastings, and experience the production of Sazerac rye whiskey and Peixos bitters right on site. And don't miss the Sazerac House's retail store with one-of-a-kind gifts and novelties sure to please anyone. For more information, visit www.sazerac.com. More rains tonight, locally heavy, same for the morning tomorrow. They'll be diminishing, hopefully, for the afternoon. The watch of flooding conditions will be in effect for this afternoon today through midday tomorrow, where we're expecting some improving, finally, with the last of the series of disturbances, hopefully, to move on. Diminishing the chances to scattered activity for the afternoon tomorrow and tomorrow night. Spotty activity yet for Thursday, but finally, sunshine is coming back Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with more comfortable mornings with some low humidity. The 41st Annual Harrison County Gem Mineral Fossil and Jewelry Show featuring jewelry, rocks, gems, beads, fossils, minerals, displays, demonstrations. Come and stump the experts. Exhibits hourly door prices. Saturday, May 15th, 9 to 5. Sunday, May 16th, 9 to 4. $5 for adults, kids, 10 and under. Get in free. Joppa Shrine Temple, Triners Boulevard, Biloxi. I-10 will market exit number 41 North, GulfportGems.org. Hello, I'm Bruce Tidwell, Wine Director for Brennan's on Royal Street. I hope you and your families are safe and well. It's been a pleasure to welcome guests back to Brennan's, masked and seated at a social distance. Brennan's is open on weekends for breakfast and lunch, Friday through Sunday, and for dinner on Friday and Saturday night. You can also join me for happy hour in our open courtyard, Bubbles at Brennan's, featuring discounted premium bottles of champagne and champagne cocktails. Dining out may look different, but it still tastes delicious. While you're in the French Quarter, be sure to visit our neighboring retail and cultural establishment the French Quarter is open. Welcome back to Brennan. Hey, New Orleans, Jack Jelanko again, local wine guy. Spring is right around the corner. The weather is warming up, and that's the perfect time for a delicious, elegant red wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyards Estate Pinot Noir. 
It's a wonderfully balanced red wine from the oldest family estate in McMinnville, Oregon, in the Willamette Valley. This is The Real McCoy, an estate winery named Winery of the Year by the Oregon Press, and it's a great value, around 20 bucks. Ask for it wherever you buy wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyard. Cheers. Listeners to the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show make New Orleans the cultured spot on the map that it is. Your message can reach these active people who give our area its reputation as a key destination for great food, amazing beverages, unmatched history, culture, and phenomenal music. These are the people who deserve to hear about you. Call WGSO at 522-5461 and let's get you and your message on the air on the road to sales success. This is Bob. Grand Cru is a unique wine and spirit store in the Marigny at 2305 Decatur, right off of Elysian Fields. Do you love whiskey? This is Terry. You will find spirits that you need to make your favorite specialty cocktails. A classy place with a neighborhood vibe. Join us for free tastings every Thursday night. And all of our bottles are available at our online store at G-R-A-N-D-E-K-R-E-W-E.com. That's Grand Cru. Find us at the corner of Marigny and Decatur. Call 309 309- 8309 for more information. Hello, I'm Bree Tidwell, Wine Director for Brennan's on Royal Street. I hope you and your families are safe and well. It's been a pleasure to welcome guests back to Brennan's, masked and seated at a social distance. Brennan's is open on weekends for breakfast and lunch, Friday through Sunday, and for dinner on Friday and Saturday night. You can also join me for happy hour in our open courtyard, Bubbles at Brennan's, featuring discounted premium bottles of champagne and champagne cocktails. Dining out may look different, but it still tastes delicious. While you're in the French Quarter, be sure to visit our neighboring retail and cultural establishment the French Quarter is open. Welcome back to Brennan. Hey, New Orleans, Jack Jelanko again, local wine guy. Spring is right around the corner. The weather is warming up, and that's the perfect time for a delicious, elegant red wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyards Estate Pinot Noir. It's a wonderfully balanced red wine from the oldest family estate in McMinnville, Oregon, in the Willamette Valley. This is The Real McCoy, an estate winery named Winery of the Year by the Oregon Press, and it's a great value, around 20 bucks. Ask for it wherever you buy wine. Yamhill Valley Vineyard. Cheers. Welcome to the New Orleans Dine, Wine, and Spirits Show, your daily opportunity to hear what's going on in the world of beverage and dining in New Orleans and around the world. Your host is Tim McNally. Tim welcomes your phone calls and your questions. Call 504-556-9696. Now, here's your host, Tim McNally. All right, let's take it away here. I hope everybody's doing well this afternoon because it is an absolutely beautiful afternoon and uh, 76 degrees out there in the city of New Orleans and uh, we do have uh, a chance of precipitation but it isn't going to be anything that's going to drive us crazy tonight Um, and um, we are Henry still got uh, good audio on the mic okay Uh, so um, we are uh, looking for more rain tomorrow uh, which is not good news, 
but uh, it seems to be the way it's working. Um, Henry, incidentally, um, I, I have now sound through the headset. Henry, do I have you? Okay, so I've got partially where I want to be. Not fully where I want to be, but partially. Uh, let me let me get back over this way. Hello, we're test one, two, three, four. Henry, I've I've got what I'm looking for. So you'll, you'll let me know that the station is there. You're good. You're good. Okay. Okay. So I think okay. whatever the issue was magically went away, which too often when I fool with electronics is what happens. Uh, but uh, we are, um, I think we're back to back to good here, and I'm 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 thrilled with that. I can all the levels look good, and uh, so there we are. Any rate, let's get back to this weather thing because this is really important. We are still in a flash flood warning, and we will be through midday tomorrow. So be aware of that. Um, a lot of the underpasses around town. Uh, have gone under, and there are barriers in front of them for a reason. Do not go around those barriers. Uh, if the barriers are off to the side and there's the lane open, they feel like that's a pretty good deal. But uh, the problem we're going to be having here uh, over the over today, I think today we're okay, but going into the evening and then getting into tomorrow, I believe we are going to, um, unfortunately, have more rain tomorrow. We don't need it. Uh, the rest of the week, Thursday, Friday is going to be gorgeous, and don't worry about it. And all that temperatures are staying the same, although we're getting a bit of a break today because of that rain this morning. But uh, we're at 76, and uh, it looks to be uh, looks to be kind of a uh, it is a pretty day um, if you discount the rain we had in the noon hour, uh, unfortunately. But uh, there it was. So I uh, hope you didn't get caught up in it, and I hope that everything in your regard uh, is staying somewhat dry. Uh, we are. Um, going to um um henry are you calling me no 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 okay well then i i should i can i disconnect on on the phone yeah you sound great keep talking it's distracting so i'm gonna do no let me see hang maybe i already was disconnected on the phone so uh, okay, good. Well, then we're we're where we should be, I guess. Uh, I'm assuming uh, we've been two days at this foolish problem, and I don't think anybody at this time even knows why it went that way. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep on going the way it is. I'm getting good reads on all of the dials and levers, so we're gonna do that. Um, look, uh, gang, uh, a couple of things are happening out there, which I don't know why it wasn't um, known. When we're coming out of COVID, and at some point we're going to come out of COVID uh, in the pandemic, we're not out of it, but when we're coming out of it, we're going to be short of materials because a lot of the manufacturers have cut back on, on items, and, um, and some of those items may turn out to be